1: welcome in to the blitz pod i'm back after a uh a week-long hiatus i think it was but i'm back mr kane schwartz hosting your podcast today and i'm joined by Jaden kozak
2: how you doing bro doing good doing good didn't get trapped in detroit over thanksgiving break so that was uh that was good Ooh,
1: yeah i uh It's been, it's been hellish. um, It's been a hellish week for me to say the least. I got, I went home for Thanksgiving and I was supposed to be back in Lexington on, what was it? Sunday night. And I was so looking forward to sitting on my couch and watching some Narcos. Like I had it in my mind's eye for like three days that I was going to do that. And I got stranded in Detroit, Michigan. And I had to spend the night at a hotel and that was no fun. And I've been—I've finally finished my 20-page paper that I had due, which is nice. But college don't play, bro. In case anybody didn't know that, college does not play, especially right now. Tyler, I'm sure you can attest to that fact. You've been to college, man. How you been?
0: Yeah, I was there. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. uh, no, I can—I can absolutely attest to that. I get stressful at times for sure, and you know, need a little bit of time off. I'm doing great. Uh, I'll give you a little weather update here in KC. We hit 73, I think, today. Um, Record high. Uh, Freaking awesome. Couldn't tell if it was June or December out and loved every second of it. Um, So yeah, even though it's December, it's weird, but uh, we're we're like three weeks away from Christmas and it's 73 degrees here. I don't know what's going on, but I'm loving it. But uh, yeah, doing great. like
1: Maryland. Not going to lie to you. Not going to lie. I'm not a fan of the hot weather during cold seasons.
0: Oh, I like the, I like the, like once, twice, maybe three times in a month. You know, my thing is, is if it's going to be cold snow. Yeah. If, if it's, if it's 38 and 20 mile per hour winds and rain. It better snow. Just, just put me away. Just put me away. I'm not, I'm not getting near outside. If it's going to be that kind of weather.
1: Preferably though. I would much rather be in a cold area than a hot area, for sure. Hundred well, percent of the time.
0: We're gonna. I was considering to going out. to school. See, and, uh...
2: I'm like weirdly mixed on that. I'm I'm more of a spring <laughs> fall person, so I'm like I'm just in the middle. That's spring I love fall. Because
0: you like I'm, you like warmth. I, yeah, hot. I like
2: I like not hot, and I don't like cold because I don't like sitting outside and being like fuck. I am so cold. I hate this. But like I just like that's why I like Maryland because I get the good yeah, the seasons. I get I get everything. Yeah. And it's, they're all in each other. Like there could be a 60 degree day in summer and there could be a, you know, 75 degree day in winter.
1: Well, that was a nice little, yeah, that, that was the, that was the hardest we've gone in on weather. I think. So if you're still here, we're going yeah. to talk some football. Kane,
0: yeah, Kane is... you're, you're, you're getting mid sixties tomorrow. Just uh, be aware. Might want to lose <laughs> the jacket.
1: Oh, very smart. Very smart. Uh, last thing I will say about the weather is I saw snow for the first time this year when I was in Detroit. So
2: that was not all bad.
1: Kind of pleasant. I was like I was on the uh, I was on the shuttle bus to the hotel and I was like I was just in my bag just looking down like absolutely defeated and I look outside and I'm like oh there's snow. I was like that makes me feel a little better. Oh. But anyway, where there was not snow tonight was in the dome of New Orleans where Thursday night football took place. What do you think of that transition, huh? Yeah. (laughs) But let's dive into it. We did have a football game tonight and it was a good one. Not, I mean, it was supposed to be a pretty good one, but ended up being okay. I don't know. The Cowboys and the Saints matched up tonight and the Cowboys came out on top 27 to 17 with the dub. The Cowboys moved to eight and four and the Saints with the loss moved to an ugly five and seven. That loss to Jameis Winston really means bad things for Sean Payton and the crew. But let's dive into some of the initial takeaways here. And the first one is how many times do we have to stress it? The Cowboys are a turnover-dependent defense. I even heard uh, Greg Olson mention it in the postgame, and I was like, hey, man, we say that all the time. But uh, tonight they definitely proved it. They forced four interceptions out of Taysom Hill. Uh, Trayvon Diggs came down with one of those interceptions. He now has eight on the year, leading the league, obviously not on the electric pace that he was to start the year, but love to see that. Um, but I want to ask you guys real quickly, um, with Taysom Hill's really, really ugly performance tonight, do you see the Saints turning back to Trevor Simeon or not? Jaden?
2: It's really tough because they were down when he threw almost all of those interceptions, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he just, I mean, some of the plays that he was making, like he cleared that dude. I don't know who it was. It was a Cowboys DB. He cleared him. Like It wasn't like a s- split jump.
0: He, I think it was Casey who ended up getting yeah, the interception. Yeah, but, and a DUI earlier this week. But yeah, I mean racking up the rough, stats rough week for this guy, <laughs>
2: but um, like he looked great running the ball. Do I think that maybe they should use him if Alvin Kamara is going to continue to be out? Use him in more of a running role, and and then put Simeon in as well. I think that would probably be what I'd do, especially with the way like he literally runs the ball was better. He was running better than Mark Ingram tonight. He was better than running than Ty Montgomery. Like, I don't know if you would want to take him out completely and just, you know, just run Simeon like they had been. But only the third I mean...
1: time a quarterback this year has gone up over 100 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Tyler, what do yeah. you think? Do you think they uh, turn back to Simeon at some point?
0: Um, I agree with kind of how Jaden framed it in the sense that, like, I wouldn't. So a lot of times you hear in football if you have two quarterbacks you have no quarterbacks and I think that's what we're mm-hmm. figuring out right now where it's like one week we're gonna Simeon one week we're to do Hill just don't name a starter and just run them out there and and have different packages for each player because then you're gonna have teams depending or, or, or game planning uh, for two different quarterbacks so I think that's the way to go like you said as far as not really saying this guy's gonna be the starter next week and just saying we're going to run, we're going to play both quarterbacks and, and go at it like that uh, because I think this is a rare situation where two quarterbacks does actually mold into one quarterback and their schedule down the stretch is not formidable. Um, they've got a lot of winna- winnable games down the stretch. It's, it's very favorable. Um, they've got the jets, bucks, dolphins, Panthers, Falcons. So the bucks are there, but jets, dolphins, Panthers, Falcons are all winnable games. I know the the, Dolphins are red hot right now. Um, but outside of, of the Bucks, like I said, they can they can go four and one in this stretch if the quarterback play is... It doesn't have to be great. It just has to be serviceable. And getting Kamara back will be a big boost too. They got 10 days till their next game. So a lot of time to rest out.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think,
0: I think they stick with Taysom
1: Hill as the primary quarterback for a little bit, at least. I mean, like they're giving him all that money. Yeah, exactly. And like, despite... His four interceptions tonight, the offense did look a lot better with Taysom Hill in there
0: rather than Trevor Simeon. Like, yeah, because, like, I mean, 100 yards rushing. Like, that's exactly. something that, that Simeon doesn't QB have. Power, like, a whole bunch. Yeah, and it was working. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that they had to go away from it because they were losing, but, like, you can't just completely abandon that. And every time it seemed like they wanted to throw the ball in the end of the third, fourth quarter, it was an interception. So, I, I don't know which way they go, but – they can't keep going with, like, what would you say, Kane? Is it the first time in NFL history where a team's had a, a quarterback there for four interceptions in back to back weeks? Yeah, I think we talking I talking like, about it, but it's, I it's assume ridiculous. That that's an NFL record.
1: <laughs> I assume because four interceptions is a lot. I was, I was trying to prove the, my point to Jaden and I looked up most interceptions in a single game and I saw like fours, fours, threes, and I was like, oh, NFL quarterback has never thrown for five interceptions in a game. And then I looked at the players, and the first one on there was D'Angelo Hall, who did not play. Who has never thrown a pass? <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: that, that, that we know of. That we know yeah. of. Um, yeah. The one thing I, I know that you mentioned the turnover dependent. Dallas had 400. I mean, uh, New Orleans had 405 yards, and Dallas had 30, 377. So New Orleans outgained them. Um, it's just the turnovers, obviously. Also, you know, even though he had four interceptions, I mean, standard leagues. Taysom Hill had 24 points tonight. And Dak Prescott only had 13. So like the whole rushing aspect just adds a totally different wrinkle to fantasy. And it shows that even when you have a shitty game, he really you have a great game fantasy wise.
1: Yeah. I picked up uh, Taysom I picked up yeah. Taysom like three hours before game time. And despite his four interceptions, like you said, still did me pretty well.
2: Had that nice seventy yard no. touchdown at the very end there to pad that. Oh that, yeah. I will say, but Oh, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, but, he had like 19 or 20 points of, oh yeah. that. But yes, but yes, agreed, agreed.
1: All right. Well, you did mention Dak um, having the kind of disappointing performance, and he's starting to put a string of those together a little bit. I know that he had the really good – I mean, I don't even know if you can call it really good because he didn't look great against Vegas. But, I mean, he the had Falcons a nice game bat line. Yeah. About four weeks uh, ago
0: was his best game in the last, like, five weeks probably.
1: Right, exactly. Has just not looked the same since he came back from that cap injury. Uh, tonight he was 26 for 40, 238 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Um, I don't think you can read into this too much.
0: I was going to um, say, are you suggesting Cooper Rush? Is that what we're doing? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, man, or Will Greer. Dude, I swear
2: I was-, I was looking on a fantasy app today, and I saw like something about like don't give up too early, and it was a picture of Cooper Rush as like the headline picture. I was like, there's no way that's not a mistake
0: undefeated <laughs> no as a, undefeated as a starting quarterback this year. Against.
2: Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, like I said, I don't think you can read into it too much, but Dak has definitely fallen out of that MVP conversation for the moment. Um, next thing, initial takeaways. Uh, Tony Pollard dominated the backfield tonight. Uh Zeke did not look like himself. He had 13 carries, 45 yards. He was dealing with it, it was a foot injury, right? Or am I he looks like Hammy or something?
0: I
2: don't know what it was, but I was like confused because there was this report all week of like they're thinking about resting Zeke. And I feel like this would have been the prime time to do it because you're on not a short week, but it's a normal week when you have a 10-day rest after that. You can give him almost two and a half weeks of rest yep. if you rest him tonight. I and then there was like no talk about it. And even until game time, and then he just ended up playing and looked terrible.
0: Double the amount of carries as Pollard, right? And Pollard, Pollard,
2: yeah.
1: But Pollard on his seven carries had seventy-one yards and a touchdown. Granted, fifty-eight-yard touchdown run. So he had six for thirteen.
0: Outside of that,
1: still we didn't, we haven't seen that electric play from Zeke in a little bit. Well, and you know, Tony Pollard's had it out of
0: Tony Pollard back to back weeks where he had the kickoff last kickoff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then this week. So, I mean, he's had his he's moments for sure. Plays. Making the yeah. most of your opportunity. It's not time to, uh,
1: I remember earlier in the year bringing up, uh, whether Tony Pollard was going to take the back. I was about to say, I remember Zeke. you
2: being a big, big supporter of that. I don't think it's going
1: to happen, but you know something to watch because tony pollard has clearly looked it's a, a good problem better. to have
0: if you're dallas yeah. for sure. sure for sure
2: the fact that one of the guys that's getting outperformed is probably the guy that's one of the highest the 15 paid million dollar guy in the NFL versus history probably a minimum contract guy yeah. there's a problem there
1: but no way tony pollard's a minimum contract guy when his contract's up though no way is that what you're saying
2: no, 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 no. I'm not saying that he like deserves a minimum contract, but he was probably on one. I mean, I don't yeah, remember yeah, him getting yeah, at it.
0: this moment. What is the differential between what each player is getting paid? That's essentially, I think, what James oh, saying. Yeah, say, right,
1: right. All right. Well, the last thing that I want to touch on, and it was a little, little nice debate point that we had in our uh, group chat before, during the game. But Michael Gallup looks good once again in this game. He had five catches on nine targets. 36 yards which isn't too fantastic but he did have that hell of a touchdown grab he had that toe drag on the sideline and if you look at the target share cd had 13 targets amari had two and granted i think a lot of this might have been because of the Marshawn Lattimore matchup which hurts a lot but dude michael gallup does not play Last week against Vegas, five catches on eight targets, 106 yards, and his first opportunity to show that he is a number one wide receiver and should be paid like one when his contract is up at the end of this year. So I want to ask you guys, what does his contract look like after this year? And where do you think he ends up?
2: Um, I mean, I don't know how much I would take like a Detroit paying him like $11 million is like a good thing because Detroit's going to have a whole bunch of money. And yeah, I mean, the receivers are awful, like practice squad guys. And I like Michael Gallup. Like I don't get me wrong. And I know that we were arguing in the group chat and it makes it seem like I wasn't, or I don't like him, but I really do. I had him on my roster. He held my IR spot for a good 10 weeks this year. He's really good, but You said that Devontae Smith, he's better than Devontae Smith. Okay. I Put Devontae Smith in Dallas as the third option. Like, it does – it's really nice when you've got – albeit they look terrible tonight and have not looked great all year, the running game, like Zeke having that, having Amari Cooper in front of you, having C.D. Like, you are the afterthought of the defense almost at all times. No one is – no one is worrying about Michael Gallup at all. And he played great against Vegas when he was the guy. So – just like he he does have the talent in there but you can't take this game and be like oh you know he's he's a number one if he's your number one you're probably well you don't play. really have a choice man
1: you he's have to take the problem. sample size that you're given
0: you
1: i know but the i'm sample size that you're given and like, i mean look if you're if awesome. you're the d
2: if you're the detroit lions and you say this is our number one receiver with jared Goff. Your your move, it's it's a it's Dude, a lateral you are move throwing
1: so much disrespect on
0: Gallup just to say I that love, the Lions are the only destination in there
2: which are destinations and you've got them listed here, but
0: no, there's one that he doesn't have listed. He has the Bears, Lions, Giants, Eagles, Jets, Texans, Raiders, Jags. Really hard Ravens, to believe he doesn't have one. <laughs> Patriots and Packers, and that one is the Browns. Very yeah, how thorough. did you
2: miss the Browns? Because they have
0: really nobody. I mean, Jarvis is there and DPJ is there, but DPJ has been injured and hasn't been great when he's been healthy the past couple of weeks. And that's the other thing is Michael Gallup has had an injury history too. Like he missed how many games this year, three or four, and he's missed games in previous years as well with injuries. Like you have Corey Davis, three years, 12 and a half mil. Do I think that he's going to get four and a half mil? I think he might get five, maybe five and a half, six, but I don't, I don't per year. Think- yeah, I I do what? not. What? There's no
1: possible th- way, bro. The, 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 Juju Smith-Schuster, the third option on Pittsburgh, okay. who absolutely sucked last year. Okay. Got uh, $7 uh, million. Uh, uh-uh, $7 we're, we're, million, dollars,
2: We're, t- oh, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this. There was a point in time where Juju looked like he was going to be a potential top five wide receiver. Do you guys not remember when he was like the third taken wide receiver in fantasy? Is that yep, like?
0: That was yeah, true. That
2: happened. All right. That happened. Plus, it was a COVID year money got strapped up we didn't have money to give he got a 13 million dollar offer from kansas city and baltimore so he took that deal that was a that was a hometown discount so he is not a seven million dollar player he might be now but at the time he was a 11 to 12 million dollar player and i'm taking the juju that we saw last year and the years prior to that juju has given a much better body of work than michael gallup has
1: if you're I looking at third that. options, if you're looking at third options, look. But we're not seeing well, it. the best Curtis. third option. Said, option no, no, but we're looking at option, but you're talking about it as a wide receiver. No, 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 no 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 no. no, 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 no. I'm not talking about third red, third option on the offense. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. Look at the contracts given to third wide receivers over this past offseason, okay? Nelson Aguilar, two years, 11 mil a year. Curtis Samuel, three years, 11.5 mil a year. Corey Davis,
2: Curtis Samuels, a wide receiver two, who is in front of him?
1: DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson were clearly much better. No question. Hands oh, okay. down about you're it you're saying year.
2: wide receiver. Okay. Well, Corey Davis, who you have on here is not, was number not a number two. Wide receiver. Okay. Will Fuller in Houston was a wide receiver one, then went to Miami to be a wide receiver two, then got demoted to wide receiver three because he couldn't stay healthy. And they drafted Waddle.
1: But look at the Curtis Samuel and the Nelson Aguilar's.
0: What you got to say about that? Michael Gallup's played in four games this year.
2: Curtis Samuel's also, and he's balled out,
0: and he's absolutely Uh, balled out. Four for thirty-six, and Curtis Samuel is an injury prone. Curtis Samuel Samuel is injury
2: prone, and that's a bad contract. That's what I'm saying. That's a terrible contract. You look at look at me and tell me you don't want to get off that contract right now.
0: Okay, the last two weeks have been. If he
1: turns into the the number two wide receiver like we expect him to, then it's worth it. But he has anyway. All right. Well, now that we've had that uh, healthy debate over Mike Gallup uh, and Thursday Night Football in general, let's dive into the some of the league news that came out this week. And I will start off with Adrian Peterson signing with the Seattle Seahawks. He was signed to the practice squad on Wednesday. Uh, this comes after a while back. Chris Carson was ruled out for the year with a neck injury. And it has not looked very good so far from Seattle's running game since then. Uh, Alex Collins had the brutal fumble on Monday night football. How about that punch out from Landon, though? That was yeah, that's that's put pro- finally they put him out of playing coverage safety and just have him go out there and play football. And he's really good at that. So anyway, not a landon collins talk, but obviously the running game in Seattle has been struggling. Um but I will ask you guys really quickly with the addition to Adrian Peterson to Seattle, do you think Russell Wilson can, can bounce back sometime this year with a quote unquote improved running game? Obviously Russell Wilson has been struggling five straight games with less than 250 yards passing and only five touchdowns during that span. So do you see Russell Wilson coming back to full form with somewhat of an improved running game? Jaden.
2: Um, I mean, yeah, but I don't see any promise of an improved running game coming. I, I don't think Adrian Peterson is going to be the guy to fix that. I mean, I'd rather start Alex Collins. I know he didn't play very well on Monday Night Football, but I'd give me Alex Collins or Rashad Penny or somebody. I don't think Adrian Peterson's the guy. but That's what now. I'm
1: saying, dude. Like, like just in general, I, I can't like, believe I don't
2: understand how he
1: has so much interest. How does like, Todd Gurley? Why is not have he a job? the how's well, how he Todd not even, Gurley, I
2: know he's got the knee thing, but how does he not even getting workouts when Adrian Peterson, who's thirty six, is getting work- two workouts the same season? Like I would sign any
1: guy off any other guys, any other team's practice squad before I would sign Adrian Peterson.
0: I don't know, Tyler. What you think? No, this doesn't change shit with the Seahawks. Like Seahawks are done, man. This season's in the bag. The better, the biggest question with the Seahawks is which Jets first round pick is going to finish with a worst record themselves or the Seahawks. And that's the biggest question right now, because the season's done. AP does nothing. Chris Collins. And I mean, Chris <coughs> Carson's out uh, Alex Collins and Rashad Penny, Travis Homer, whoever else they got back there is not going to be. It's not going to prove to be a not even formidable running game. DK Metcalf been nothing. Um, Tyler Lockett's had his boomer bust capabilities, which we're used to. it's done. Stop Seattle. Stop trying to make news. Stop trying to act like you're trying to win and shit. No, you're done.
1: Did you see the tweet that they captioned with AP? They were like, uh, we're here to compete all day. I gotta say that shit. uh
2: Good luck. (laughs) I I don't understand how you go out and like your running games a problem and you go get a guy that just got cut because he got replaced by two practice squad players Two.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't like, I don't get it. Maybe they just like the only reasoning that I can come to is that getting a football guy into your locker room, maybe switches the mojo a little bit, but like you also want a good running back too. (laughs) Like you also want somebody that can do something. I don't know. I don't understand it, but yep. That was a little bit of news that came out this week and a little bit of extra news for you that came out today. Antonio Brown has been suspended for three games without pay for violating COVID protocols. And in case you didn't hear, um, Antonio Brown's chef was apparently not being paid and he wasn't too happy about that. And he unleashed a total onslaught on Antonio Brown, claiming that his COVID card was forged and that obviously ended up being true because A.B. has been slapped with a three-game suspension, along with Mike Edwards. Mike Edwards, former Cat, by the way. Uh, Hate to see that. But A.B. has not played since October 14th because of his ankle-slash-foot injury. Um, But I don't think this is going to change anything for the Bucs. Obviously, I mean, their position is pretty much locked in at this point. They're 8-3, and first in the NFC South. Uh, They've got the Falcons and the Saints on their tails, kind of, but Saints are sitting at five and seven now, and the Falcons obviously don't look threatening, and they have the sixth easiest remaining strength of schedule left, so just a notable newsworthy thing for Antonio Brown.
2: Yeah, and it was reported yesterday that he was going to miss at least two more weeks with the ankle injury that he's been out with, so I don't know if that was like preparing for this, but I mean, he was going to be out for the next two weeks anyway, but he's just now not getting paid.
0: Yeah, yeah. The Bucks, I, the Bucks play the Falcons this week. So the Saints lost tonight. Carry them even it, further. If the Bucks beat the Falcons, the Bucks will be four games up with five games to play. It's pretty much done.
1: Yeah, doesn't really. Might as well give AB that time. I mean, I'm, I don't think he didn't even appeal it. <laughs> might he, as well. He came out like the number one
0: seed is is very very crucial oh, though yeah. because going to Lambeau and playing Green Bay there versus going to Tampa or staying home in Tampa and playing Green Bay there is. Completely different. I mean, I know they went there last year and beat them, but you know, Green Bay is going to have revenge in their mind, especially yeah. if they're hosting them. So uh, that they still have a lot to play for. It's not just the division, that that one seed. And like we've been saying, with there being seven seeds, only one team getting a bye, it's so crucial this year.
1: One thing that I thought in this is the last thing I'll say about it, but <clears throat> with Tom Brady being the competitor that he is, and like you said, they're fighting for that number one seed Do you think there's going to be a little bit of a disconnect between AB and Tom Brady, considering that AB didn't appeal? He was just like, all right,
2: whatever. That's fine. I don't think it was like he didn't appeal because he didn't care. I just think he knows like, yeah, I, I I did do this. Like this is, it's very apparent. Like, but usually you appeal to, you appeal to default. Well, yeah, I guess, but, it's not worth fighting, I guess. I mean, he's had his fair share of problems with the NFL.
0: Well, I think it's like Jaden said, though, like if you're going to be out the next two games, you getting suspended for third games, meaning you're only really getting suspended for one game. So why fight it? Just let it take its course right now. Like you say, you don't really need him that much. And if he's suspended three games and he's going to come back for the next the final three games, get a tune up against the Panthers, Jets and Panthers right before the playoffs. And then that'll be time for him and Brady to get that chemistry rolling again, right in time for the playoffs. And they'll be fine. It's, I don't think that this is that big of a deal. Yeah, um, me neither. Brady and Gronk have started to pick their chemistry right back up again. Um, so you add a B to that mix with Godwin and Evans and this offense will be right where it needs to be come January.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I agree. Just a little bit of note, a newsworthy um, tidbit that I want to throw in there, but <clears throat> All right. Well, we are going to introduce a little bit of a new segment this week and we'll see if it sticks around, you know, and the current standing title that we have for this uh, this segment here and we might roll with it in the future is fact or cap and this is a segment where we will both, or all of us will give our most underrated team in the league and most overrated team in the league. So Jaden, you want to go ahead and start our new segment off?
2: With which team?
1: Uh, let's do let's do facts first. What what team is underrated? What team is really showing out that you believe
2: is underrated? So, <laughs> so mine is actually your overrated, and it's the Niners. I think they're legit. I think they're especially if Debo Samuel can get back healthy in time for, you know. The fantasy player and the you know the end of the season here i i think they're legit i love the way they're deploying debo i like the elijah mitchell playing tight end who would have thought that kittle is becoming the fact that george kittle can be like a third fiddle in your offense and be as good as he is it's great i know jimmy is not like the guy that everybody's excited about but he's getting the job done he's playing within shanahan's system we've seen the rams do it with golf i mean they made it to a super bowl jimmy g's made it to a super bowl like they can definitely do this they're healthy for the first time since they went to the super bowl and they're playing like it
0: fair yeah i i i Kane and i were chatting earlier and i said the same thing jaden i was like i debated on putting the niners as my underrated team because nobody's really talking about them and i mean i don't know if they're going to win that division but they're playing some of the best football in the nfl right now and they're they're clicking they look really freaking good and the thing that they're doing so well, time of possession. With this running game, they're just running the clock. They're just playing man football, Went into the game in the trenches. I mean, Trent Williams looks absolutely oh, yeah. Trent incredible is, yeah.
1: right now. I, I can't, like, I was talking to Mitchell the other day. Like, he was like, oh, I bet you really hate letting that one go. Like, we didn't really have a choice, man. The man had skin cancer, and our medical staff could not identify that. And he went on for months moment. and it just developed and got worse. And he had to go to the hospital. It's like, we're, we're just a shit show. Yeah. Well, I'm he really could have happy he, for Trent Williams.
0: There was a trade in place on draft day for Trent Williams to go to the Vikings. And he said, no, cause I don't want to play with Kirk cousins. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to God. <laughs> and, saw, and then the Vikings, go
2: play with Jimmy G?
0: and then the Vikings freak out and take Ezra Cleveland, who is, I have no oh, idea yeah. now, nice. but but yes, that Trent Williams was supposed to be a Viking, but unfortunately you don't want to play with Kirk Cousins, which I don't know. Can I really blame the guy? Eh, I don't know. But um, my, my underrated team that I have is, I don't know how Jaden's going to want to hear this, but it's the Cincinnati Bengals. Everybody continues to write this team off as being too young. Everybody continues to write this team off as being the second. I mean the third or possibly fourth best team in their division. This team continues to play great football and I don't know about you guys, but I feel like the Bengals are turning into what we thought the Chargers might have been. And the funny thing is they play each other this week. I see so many playmakers, and the defense is is playing great right now. Trey Hendrickson has 10 and a half, 11 sacks, something like that this year. And everyone thought is, that was a huge overpay.
2: And he 3 was like four a rotational fumbles. guy in New
0: Orleans he's absolutely killing it for this defense. And if you can have edge rushers and you got enough play at safety and corners led by Jesse Bates, I love this Cincinnati team right now. And I think they're going to make some noise come January. That's your fact. That's your fact. All
1: right. Well, I'll roll out with my fact, my underrated team here. And that is my very own Washington football team. We have three dubs in a row looking really solid. And what, we can attribute that to is a solid running game and controlling time of possession, which we have not done all this year prior to the last three games. And with Gibby finally healthy, like he was playing, but that shin was really hampering him. And for a while, we were literally, we literally had interns operating our medical staff because our main chief medical person was being investigated by the FBI. So that was not good. But now we finally have our medical staff straight and Antonio Gibson is ready to go. If we can keep Antonio Gibson in that running role that he has served the past three games and we can control the time of possession, which is not all on Gibby. Like it's Taylor Heineke, dude. We just have those short, we get first downs. Like it's nothing big play ever. Like it's just like five yards at a time, five yards at a time. And we just march down the field on 10 minute drives. And we win ball games and we've been winning ball games and we play Dallas two of the next three weeks. So if we can catch one of those, both of those, we are in serious conversation for not just the wild card, but the NFC East division leader. So that is my team my underrated team go watch so you think so and this this defense is finally playing like they were expected to before the season started
2: maybe chase young was the problem
1: you got it everybody was writing us off after we uh lost chase young we have jonathan allen montez sweat and Darion Payne, who are all first rounders and jonathan allen is playing one of the best defensive he is one of the best defensive tackles in the game right now
0: i agree all right, let me ask you this. So you so you think Washington's making the playoffs.
1: Do I think Washington's wake making the playoffs?
0: Because the argument right now is if, you're taking Washington over San Fran. If we yeah, can continue
1: if we can continue to play the brand of football that we're playing right now, not blowing out teams by like 20 points, but if we can just control time and possession, then yes. And if this defense can continue to play like it has played the past 3 games, 100% I think we can make the playoffs because we had a top 3 defense in the league last year universally and we are pl- starting to play like that again.
0: So 49ers have 49ers have at the Seahawks, at the Bengals. Two difficult games and they've got I mean I don't know how difficult Seahawks is right now. Falcons, Titans, Texans <laughs> and then I Rams. Love how the
2: Seahawks get put in the difficult and the Titans do not. <laughs>
0: i I don't put i don't put either one in the difficult in my opinion yeah but um i I mean there's a lot of winnable games right now for the 49ers and i'm not saying that there aren't winnable games on the washington schedule because the eagles twice the giants the raiders cowboys twice i mean like you said if you can split with the cowboys it's going to be crucial because if they lose both those games not only is division the division over but possibly the playoff race as well they have to split one of those games i think it's doable for sure but I I, I'm with Jaden on this. I, I I think San Fran's the better team right now. And they have a game lead on Washington as well for the wild card.
1: Fair, fair. Uh, Really quickly so that we can uh, wrap up this segment. What teams do you guys find overrated right now? I will go ahead with mine first 49ers. You guys have given some really strong arguments for the 49ers. um, But I do not think Jimmy. and you talked about Jimmy G not being the key, but like, and not, being the key to this team's success so, okay
2: okay so real quickly what does taylor heineke do better than jimmy garoppolo because the niners are better coached he doesn't have... make mistakes jimmy garoppolo doesn't really make mistakes either
0: he
1: makes the dumb throws a lot more than taylor heineke does
0: oh i don't know about that i've i've seen ta- Heineke's taylor Heineke's more of a gunslinger. taylor heineke, which taylor which heineke almost threw away that
2: giants game for you all I don't know if you remember that. I know that was a little bit ago, and I haven't watched a whole lot of Washington football since then. But well, it's been pretty like, damn good the last three weeks, in case you missed it. The previous eight were really a dumpster fire. Daryl Heineke
1: but. is the second highest rated quarterback off of play action
0: this year. So, so your run games, I mean,
2: Big Ben is probably the best quarterback when he's throwing under two seconds, but we're, I mean, nobody's talking about that shit.
1: That's because the Steelers are losing and the Washington football team is winning.
2: We actually have a better record than you guys, but, you know, have your moment. Have your moment.
1: We're actually going to make the playoffs, though, and you're not you going to, to. are not. We have a lot better opportunity to make the playoffs
2: than the Pittsburgh Steelers do. It's pretty much schedule-based, but, okay, just go. No, I'll let you have your moment. You guys haven't won a playoff game in a long time, so. No. Oh, man, we
0: are not stopping right now. We <laughs> go ahead. Continuing. Yeah, keep talking that shit
1: man keep talking that shit that's three straight dubs bro we are lit
2: we're back see the thing is when you are like we've won three straight like if that's the high point of what the last five years other than almost beating the bucks last year like it's it's really I I get it I get it having hope is fun I understand we are a playoff (laughs) team right now we are in the wild card spot You know, we were the two seed two weeks ago. I don't know if you all remember that, but uh, that happened. We're the gauntlet, and we do not have a gauntlet. Yeah, you have a Taylor Heineke and 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 a Washington football team name and an owner that is despised by all of your fans can't disagree with any of that trainer that's under investigation for
1: anyway really quickly let's go over your overrated teams let's not try to dive too deep into this because we've already spent too much time on this how it is Jaden? you go first you fucking coward
2: you've really made it hard for me to not pick the washington football team here (sighs) Now I'm going to go with the Raiders. Uh, Yeah. The Raiders are six and five. I know that the hype on them is kind of dying down, but this is not a good team. The roster talent just isn't there. I respect the hell out of what Derek Carr has done this year. He is going through the Gruden firing the rugs thing, uh, the Damon Arnett thing and like just handled it with grace. They've got a winning record props to him, like in a world in which this team does make the playoffs and actually like, you know, like wins the division or something crazy Derek Carr should definitely be a top three MVP candidate but I'm not buying what they have they do not have a uh, very good defense against wide receivers I've heard some really bad statistics about that and you know I think the only highlight on their defense is Max Crosby I just and they have no playmakers now without Rugs and Waller is now Hurt so not buying the Raiders so let me
0: ask let me ask you guys this with, uh, with well move on, man. With Kane's <laughs> facts being the Washington and your cat being the Raiders, what happens if the Raiders beat Washington this week? What does that say about both of your opinions then on both these teams?
2: I mean, mine doesn't really change because I still think the Raiders are a slightly better team than the Washington football team. Slightly, ever so slightly, maybe not on paper, but I think they could beat them. I don't. I don't know who's at home or whatnot, but um, Raiders
0: are.
1: Ooh, ooh, going to Vegas is such a tough thing. Dude, that's. I just
0: wanted to throw that out because we have a we have a fact versus cap off here. So I was just I, I wanted to see you know. We got a couple. Of them.
2: I mean, between the Niners being my,
0: yeah, you know. for so. sure. My uh, my cap team is the Rams. Who have they beat? Seriously. I mean, they beat the Bucs like week two, week three, something like that. They haven't done shit. They really have done nothing. They've beaten the Bears. They did win in Indy. I'll give them that. And they beat the Bucs. That was in week three. Since then, they've lost to the Cardinals. They beat the Seahawks. They beat the Giants. They beat the Lions. They beat the Texans. Then they've lost to the Titans, 49ers, and Packers. They didn't beat anybody. They get a cakewalk game with the Jags this week. And then they've got Cardinals, Seahawks, Vikings, Ravens, 49ers to finish out. I don't like the direction this team's going. They have no other threat besides Cooper Cup. Odell Beckham, I don't care if he had a long touchdown. Ben Jefferson can't catch water if he fell out of – or he can't hit water if he fell out of a bow. He's absolutely awful. He can't do shit. Um, the running game hasn't really been great. I mean, I know Henderson's there, and he's been solid at times. He's had his moments, but – Matt Stafford, you know, we talked about his record against winning teams. I I don't see that changing right now down the stretch. And they've got a lot of freaking money and a lot of picks riding on this season and probably next season. And if they don't get something done, I don't know if McVay is going to be out. But, like, you know, there's There's definitely there's some issues going on in Los Angeles right now with the Rams for sure. And I think they're one of the most overrated teams in football, if not, in my opinion, probably the most overrated.
1: Make some great points, my friend. Make some great points. All right, let's dive into the week 13 preview. And the first game that we got on the slate is the Los Angeles Chargers, who are sitting at six and five, at the Cincinnati Bengals, who are sitting at seven and four. So, some of the things to watch in this game you got Joe Mixon, man, finally living up to his full potential this year. He is So far this season, third in carries, third in rushing yards, and third in touchdowns. And if you can believe it, Derrick Henry is still first in attempts and second in yards, or first in carries. But, yeah, isn't that unbelievable? Like, uh, I can't fathom that. But if Derrick Henry did not exist, Joe Mixon would be in that spot, Uh, He has 11 touchdowns this season. He had no more than eight touchdowns in any season prior since entering the league in 2017. He's had multiple rushing touchdowns in three straight weeks, a touchdown in five straight weeks, and more than 28 carries and 120 yards in the past two games. And he's really carrying the Cincinnati team right now, who is sitting in a great spot, seven and four second in the AFC North. And their schedule after the Chargers is the 49ers at home. Not super difficult. Uh, Well, I mean, that's, I mean, all right, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. But uh, then they play at the Broncos. Then they play the Ravens at home. Then they play the Chiefs at home. And then they play at the Browns, which is a very difficult stretch coming up for the Bengals. Um, But I want to ask you guys, with Cincinnati becoming more run-oriented over these past three games, Would you call Joe Mixon the most valuable bangle? Jaden, I'll start with you.
2: Uh, No, it's still definitely Joe Burrow. I mean, there are very few running backs that I can say are more valuable than their quarterback. I think the only ones in the league right now are Derrick Henry, who is now hurt. Christian McCaffrey, just because of who's playing quarterback and Jonathan Taylor. Um, I think Joe Burrow still makes this offense tick. You put some Rajay Pirine in there, you're not going to see, you know, it's not a one for one replacement, but their run game isn't going to like be dead, like they're not going to not be able to run the ball at all. Not taking not taking away from would what disagree. Joe Mixon's doing. It's not, I, like I said, it's not a one for one replacement, but their offense is not going to come to a screeching halt if they put Samaje Perine in in the event that Joe Mixon gets hurt. See, just, okay, so this is
1: I've I heard this debate on NFL Live the other day and I couldn't believe the other side of the argument, but a lot of people are trying to say that you can still have, and we've seen it a few times in recent years, but people are trying to say that you can still have a dominant offense without a run game. And that is just simply
2: not well. No, So the thing is no, becoming I, tricky because people are saying like running backs don't matter, which is kind of true. But when they say the running game doesn't matter, that's, that's where it gets tricky. Like you can, you know, find a running back wherever you need, but you still need a running game. So that's like, I know the running back. is, And that's the argument
1: that I've been hearing, like
2: not running back. And it gets lost in translation there. So like, I think a lot of people think like, oh, I've heard that the running game doesn't mean, or running backs don't mean anything. So the running game doesn't mean anything. No, you still need a running game. You still need to be able to run the football.
0: Joe Burrow leads the league in interceptions right now. Yes, but who's, who's, let me ask you this. Who's the Bengals backup?
2: Do you guys remember what happened last
0: year when Brandon Allen is their backup? So I would say that Joe Burrow is a little bit more valuable. Than Joe Mixon to this team because if Joe Burrow goes down, this team is nothing. If Joe Mixon goes down, this team still yeah, has playmakers. They play can
2: still make the playoffs. Right? I don't care. Joe I don't.
0: I don't care if T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Jamar Chase are there. Brandon Allen's not a great quarterback, and he's not going to be able to get them the ball like Joe Burrow is able to get them, which is why I think he's a little bit more valuable. Also, the last two weeks, yes, Joe Mixon's been great. A lot of it's game script. They beat the Raiders thirty-two-three, and they blew out the Steelers forty-one. They Okay, those. A lot of this is game script. This is going to be more of a shootout this week. I still think he's going to have a good game. Why? Because the Chargers run defense is absolutely awful. The only reason
1: they got up to that sort of differential is because of the run game. though.
0: But but after that, they've got the next three games are the 49ers, the Broncos, and the Ravens. I don't see Joe Mixon doing much. And if they're going to win those games, it's going to have to be on Joe Burrow.
1: All right. Well, that was some good debate there. Uh, The next thing to watch in this game is the battle of the sophomore quarterbacks. Uh, First off, we already talked a lot about him. You got Joe Burrow, man. First overall pick in the 2020 draft. Uh, This season, he started off hot, but he's really starting to fall off recently. Uh, He's 11th in yards in the league. He's tied for eighth in touchdowns and he's tied for the most interceptions in the league with twelve. But It gets even worse when you're going up against a Chargers defense that is fifth best against the pass so far this year. And then on the other side of the football, you got Justin Herbert, who was the sixth overall pick in the 2020 draft. And unlike Joe Burrow getting hurt last year, Herbert had one of the best rookie seasons by an NFL quarterback in NFL history, second most yards by a rookie and most passing touchdowns by a rookie in NFL history. This season, more on pace with what he did last year. Fourth in yards, fifth in touchdowns. He does have 10 interceptions, but he is first in QBR. And he's going up against the Cincinnati defense that is eighth worst against the pass this week. So that means good things for Justin Herbert. But I want to ask you guys, who would you rather have
2: as your franchise quarterback? Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? Jaden, I'll start with you. Justin Herbert, 100%. The talent is just Much more there. I love, I really do like Joe Burrow. I didn't like him on Sunday, but I really, I really like what he brings to the table. He brings a relatively high floor, which is weird because like he doesn't make like the huge plays that I think Justin Herbert can. But like you said, he's leading the league in interceptions. So like it's, it's kind of tough there. Um, but it's 100% Justin Herbert. He's just got way more arm talent, physical talent, everything than Joe Burrow does. That's what I'm saying. Like I, thought about this question a lot
1: and it's just Justin Herbert is a more of an athlete than Joe Burrow is and in today's day and age athlete quarterbacks are going to get you a lot farther than just
0: quarterback quarterbacks Tyler what you got I'm going with Burrow I like the competitive side of this guy. This guy, I haven't seen it from Herbert. I haven't seen that competitive edge. I haven't seen that, that moxie where it's like, I'm going to get fired but up. You, go but he had the best rookie game.
1: season of any NFL for sure, quarterback. In NFL for history. sure.
0: But like, and in, in, in you're talking about him, you know, this season having great statistics, once again, is this going to be Matthew Stafford 2.0 where you can put up all the stats that you want, but you can't put your team in position to win these games or you can't have those moments to win crucial games down the stretch. Like I just, I haven't seen it from Herbert uh, so far. And, and, you know, maybe this would be, I really thought this was going to be the year and they started out hot and they've really fluttered down the stretch. I think they've lost four of their last six. The one thing I will say for Herbert, that is probably a little bit different is the chargers have 28 drop passes which is the second most in football they had 24 all of last year i just like i said i i like i know the intangibles are definitely favored toward herbert as far as the, the arm talent the 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 rushing Robert ability things. too probably <laughs> Yes, but at the same time, I'll take the competitive edge that I see from Joe Burrow at this point in their career compared to what I see from Herbert. I want a game on the line. Who do I want going down two minutes left down three? Who do I want to go down there and win me a game? I'm going to take the competitive side. I'm going to take Joe Burrow kind of like, you know, if you want to throw this argument I'm out just there, Brady. Yeah, I was, I was about I was, to say Brady. I was gonna say Rodgers Brady. I was gonna say even Peyton Manning Brady in a sense. I think Peyton Manning probably had a little bit more of a competitive edge than <laughs> Herbert, but I gotta see this edge. I got even Josh Allen's showing, you know, his competitive side. Lamar showed his competitive side. I haven't seen it yet from Herbert. Maybe we'll get it, but I just haven't Herbert's seen it. Herbert's not that kind of guy, man. I Herbert's know. Herbert's really but, kept to himself. Like but in my opinion, really... in the in the NFL, you have to have that as a quarterback. Dak okay. shows it at times. Derek Carr shows it at times. Patrick Mahomes shows it. I haven't seen it from Herbert. He's I mean, too reserved. He's still a young guy. He is. But until I see that, I'm taking the guy with the competitive mean,
2: like, But at the same time, though, like how many times have you been able to watch Justin Herbert? Like, and actually see like him, like, you know, they go have a game winning drive and he's like all excited and stuff. I don't even think I've seen that out of Joe Burrow, like him just like going nuts, like how Brady does and stuff like that. Like, I know, I know that Burrow's got it, but I feel like it's somewhat unfair to say that Herbert doesn't really have it. I agree. I mean, mean, you obviously live in the middle of the country, but I'm living on the East Coast. I never see the Chargers play, ever. It's either at 1 o'clock I watch the Ravens or Washington, and then at 4 o'clock it's whatever the best game of the week is. Like, I never see the Chargers play. God bless Mitchell. I'm sorry.
1: You need to invest in some red zone, homie.
2: I got red zone, (laughs) but, I mean, that
0: doesn't – You only see clips. I I get it. You can't see the full, the full product on display. I get what you're saying.
1: Yeah, uh, I will agree with you, Tyler. Two minutes, final drive. Who am I taking? I'm taking Joe Burrow.
0: And Mr. I Clutch. think, and I know that like the Bengals aren't the most successful franchise. Don't even get me started, but like, I feel like some of it has to do with the chargers bias as far as like the Vikings bias, where these teams just blow games down the stretch. Um, That's just historically what those teams have done. The chargers are probably at the top of that list. And I think that that might
2: Joe Burrow do it in college and like you've seen him have that. Yes. Success. I will grant you that.
0: Yes. That is what I've seen. So I, it, Look, both these guys are in their second year. I think both guys are in great positions. I think they both fit their team best. I don't think that if you put Herbert on Cincinnati and if you put Burrow on Los Angeles that you're going to have the same result. I like where both guys are and I think that they're going to flourish at both spots. It's just you're asking me which one I want as my franchise quarterback right now and I, I personally am going to take Burrow. And you have a great argument. I mean,
1: if you're getting either guy as a franchise quarterback, I mean, you're, yeah, you're I in pretty pers- good shape. I would
2: personally, you know, love a guy like that, and I'm sure you would too, yeah. as well, Kane. Yes, yes I, would. I would.
1: Hey man, at guy? least you you have a quarterback. You, I mean, I'm I'm not throwing hate on Taylor Heineke, but
0: I'm at taking least yours components. is in his twenties. <laughs> yeah, at least your guys can line up under center. So no, yeah,
2: I, I bet Big Ben's on that was left hilarious from time to so. time well you saw Kirk go
0: up to the right guard all serious and he's like all right ready <laughs> yeah but nobody else was lined up correctly like jefferson was running around osborne was running around nobody had any idea what they were doing so i do give him the benefit of the doubt we're yes trying sort of to Vikings. trying to get everybody else lined up and then Stole. not realizing where you are so and then and then running Stole. a fourth and then run a fourth down play where you're gonna run play action from the five yard line yes sir. don't even get me started all right i'm done good stuff
1: All right, let's dive into our picks for this game, Chargers-Bangles. The spread for this game is Cincinnati minus three. The money line, Cincinnati minus 160. Chargers plus 140. And I will go ahead with my pick first. I'm taking the Bengals, dude. Uh, There's something wrong with the Chargers right now. I don't know. I can't exactly put my finger on it. Uh, A lot of it, I guess, can be contributed to the defense. But, yeah, I'm taking the Bengals right now. Got the swagger. And if they can dominate the run, uh, the Chargers suck against the run.
2: So, yeah. Jaden? Uh, First, I just want to start by it is an absolute monstrosity that the Chiefs Broncos got flexed to Sunday night football instead of this game. That is absolutely ridiculous because, I mean, you, you get two quarterbacks that could very well be in the top five one to two years from now playing against each other, coming from the same draft class, two teams that are, you know, young uprising teams and you pick – a chiefs team and a broncos who are you know i mean it's a divisional game but who gives a shit it's the broncos like that is that is absolutely ridiculous six and five broncos like and I, I get the fact that i mean when i say la is a small market the chargers are a small market and cincinnati is obviously a small market but how are you going to build their markets if you keep putting them on regional games like how are you going to do that no, uh, anyway i get it uh give me the chargers in this one I really like, I think, I think Herbert's going to come out. He is extremely inconsistent. Uh, And I will grant that, that he is, you know, wildly inconsistent, but I think this is one of the good games. Maybe he rushes for like a hundred yards this time. Like he did the last time he was in game against an AFC North opponent. Maybe, I don't know.
0: (laughs) Tyler, who you guys, your pick? My head tells me Bengals. The NFL has been so crazy over the last four or five weeks that I'm going to go with the chargers on the spread and the money line just because I don't know what's going to happen week to week. And with the inconsistency in the NFL, Jaden kind of alluded to it, I'll take the inconsistent quarterback to to get the win. Um, and also, I am not very happy with the whole Broncos Chiefs game getting flexed I'm going to that game and I would have much rather preferred to go to a noon central time than a 7:30 central time game so I'm also not very happy with that as well
1: but all right well good debate there uh we got our picks in let's dive into the next game and that is the classic rivalry probably the best rivalry in football and that is the eight and three Ravens at the five, five, and one Pittsburgh Steelers. And like I said, one of the most storied rivalries in football and the rivalry continues on Sunday. This is the first of two meetings this year and a little background history of the matchup. Uh, The Steelers won both of the meetings last year and they have won six of the last nine meetings since 2016. Sorry, Ravens fans. I know, the, I know the majority of our
2: listeners. You guys should even the score yeah. this year. If you don't you need to have a conversation with yourself,
1: yeah. Like that's that's really crazy though. Like six of the last nine. That's dominating the rivalry. That's
2: if where's it's the, rivalry? the rivalry anymore, right? Yeah, where's the if, rivalry, bro? Who cares, right?
0: <laughs> what you got to say, Tyler? Lamar didn't play in one of those games last year. It was on a Wednesday. Um, I not will say that. I also will say that this is the. I'm going back to 2016, dog. Okay, this is the 30th meeting between Harbaugh and Tomlin, which is the third most all time between head coaches. You want to know what the record is? They've played 29 split. times. This will be the 30th. It can't split. be split. It's 15-14 Tomlin, so they could be even after this. So you talk about a rivalry. I mean, this is it. Arguably, in our lifetime, this is might be if it's probably the biggest rivalry. I mean, I know. The, uh, the Seahawks and Niners had it for a little while, and we, we've seen a couple other teams I mean, here and like, there Historically,
2: haven't. Packers-Bears is definitely right. like in there. But
0: but, in, but since the turn of the decade, this has been probably the best rivalry in football for sure. And um, Lamar is one and one against the Steelers in his career uh, at, at Heinz Field. You know, he has five picks in those two games. He
1: had four picks in his last game. No yep. so he struggles game. at
0: Heinz. He's
1: struggling in general, <laughs> but very all good right. point there. Very good point. Um. All right, let's dive into some of the things to watch in this game. And first thing, the Steelers are really struggling in the run game recently. Najee Harris has two straight games with 12 carries or less and less than 40 rushing yards. And the Steelers have lost those two games. So it's a little hot take ish. Definitely a little hot takeish. I'm not supporting this line of thought in any way, but can't
2: wait to cuss you out, Jaden. I'll
1: bounce this question to you, man. Are the Steelers the most run dependent team in the league? All right, think about it. All right, you got the chart, or you got the Titans. Okay, like obviously very run dependent, so, but no. but you think like you think outside of the running back, you know, Close. like. Yeah, but you got you got Carson Wentz, you got Michael Pittman. Like, I mean, I'm taking Carson Wentz and Michael Pittman over Big Ben and his receivers, you know? So I don't like no
2: man, might be close. I don't I don't know. I, mean, I don't winners, think it's so. like
1: I don't think it's a blowout in any sense of the sense of the word, but like I think I'm taking Michael Pittman and Carson Wentz over Big Ben and
0: it Sam doesn't Fran. Even matter.
1: Sam
2: Fran,
0: yep, yeah, very you think, I mean, Especially because they run Debo. Like, Debo is – I mean, he is obviously involved in the passing game, but they use him as a running back as well.
2: And it's really hard to say that – I mean, and I know this year's team is eh, fairly significantly different than last year's team, but we had no run game last year and still won 12 games. So, we are actually better last year than this year. So.
1: No, I was thinking about that too. I was like, okay, last year was James Conner year. I don't think that really
0: they're well. – I don't think they're the most run-dependent team, but I think that – with them bringing Najee in they're forcing themselves to be more run dependent. If that makes sense. Like, I feel like they're predicating dependent their offensive really push that. <laughs> yeah. But, but I think even, even if, no matter who you bring in, that the, the offense is going to be predicated off the success of the run game. Like if the run game isn't there, I don't know if the offense is going to be there. I think that that's they what I'm saying. Right, right, right. No, but man, I don't,
2: it's really tough. Cause like we, we do get like, if we're clicking with the short passing game, which is like an extension of the run game in a way. But like those little screen passes and the swing passes and shit that we get to Deontay and Claypool, you know, once we get those going and it's been kind of troublesome to get them going this year, but I, Najee Harris has been worrying me recently. Like I, I defended the pick. I like the pick what happened because if we're going all in, which in my opinion, we shouldn't have, because it's not happening with this team very clearly, but this is big Ben's last year. And that's what the front office said they wanted to do. They want to go all in. So if you want to go all in a left tackle is not going to fix all the problems that we have, a running back will. So you take a running back, but with this offensive line, with the offense constructed, how it is Najee Harris. I love him to death. He has quickly probably become my favorite player in the NFL. He is slow. He is really slow. Like it takes him a long time to get going. And, When you're off, when you are receiving the ball and your right guard has already let somebody through, it's really hard to do anything. And like, that's why he struggled the last couple of games. I mean, you, you have the stats in here, like 12 carries or less, less than 40 rushing yards. The chargers game, he got hurt and missed like an entire quarter. And we were down two touchdowns for a good amount of that. Same thing with the Bengals. We were down 17 to nothing on our third possession. So like, it's really hard to, you know, keep handing him the ball. Like, and he's just not that – he's not Derrick Henry where, like, he is literally – you can run the ball with him and it's just as good as a pass. Like, he's 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 good. He's not great. Maybe he'll get great. I don't know.
1: I think he will get great. It's his I first so. year.
2: God, I hope so.
1: He's already running seen the flashes. Yeah. Oh, we're not – we're not just there saying. yet,
0: bro. We're not there yet.
1: We're, we're not. One.
0: We're not. But I just know where history is. Yeah. The Very only true. one that's really and truly proven themselves in the last 10 years that's been drafted in the first round is probably the, the man child down in Tennessee. Yeah,
2: he was a second
0: rounder. Yeah, he was. I think. Uh, McCaffrey, even more. McCaffrey
2: was a first rounder.
0: And how's his injury history been? Saquon, first rounder, how's his injury history been? I like – strong. I was on the train that Christian McCaffrey – Clyde Edwards-Alaire, how's his injury history been? He's stronger.
1: Okay. Strong. <laughs> no, and everyone stronger. Here. that I mean, I can't argue with that. <laughs> name, someone,
2: name someone stronger than Nas. You can't. <laughs> Jeez.
1: All right, Mitch. Let's dive Mitch. in.
0: <laughs> 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 oh,
1: if you give the ball to Mitch thirty times a game, man, I don't know, man. Maybe something special could happen. We might uh, get twelve yards. You know. Yeah, dude. That's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, give him like fifteen
2: <laughs> carries.
1: Right <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's dive into the next thing to watch in this game and that is Lamar Jackson <clears throat> looking to bounce back after his dismal performance on Sunday night football. Uh you guys talked about it on the last pod, but he went 20 for 32, 165 yards, a touchdown and four interceptions. Obviously the stat is a little weighted but he has seven interceptions in his last three games, and he is now tied for the league in league interceptions with fellow AFC quarterback Joe Burrow. But I want to ask you guys, can Lamar's play style, and this is something that has been floating around like ever since Lamar entered the league, you know, but can, can Lamar's play style keep him in the upper echelon of quarterbacks for the years to come? And if not, how do you see him adjusting?
2: Jaden, uh, I think the running aspect of him, which is the biggest criticism of his game, will keep him in it as long as he can continue to run the football. Which there's been, I mean, there's literally been no signs of slowing down. In fact, if I can remember correctly, Lamar the Miami has, game
1: was a sign of slowing down, a sign of slowing down.
2: Yeah, I like, mean, that's one game, and yeah, you can you can be like, okay, well, this is the formula. But I feel like Lamar is good enough and talented enough to be able to adjust to that. I mean, if I could like I was about to say, I if I can remember correctly, Lamar has never suffered an injury in his I mean, this is three years, it'll be three and a half at the end of the season. He's unless, got the immune unless system. It's a, of a I was gonna say, unless it's a sickness. He's got the he's got the immune system of a six year old, but he's never suffered an like limb injury. Like he is everyone's like, Oh, I mean, I remember his like fourth game in the league, like, oh, he's gonna get hurt. You can't play like that in the league, all because they I'm watched one of RG3 people. tears ACL multiple times, or what, was it twice? twice? Like, yeah. Like you can like you just see that, and that's the most recent thing. You never saw Michael Vick like get severely hurt until the end of his career, and he was it wasn't even like severe. I don't know why that thought got put into people's heads, but mobile quarterbacks can certainly I mean, nobody said that when Randall Cunningham was playing, like, I don't, I don't know where that came from, but I certainly think that he'll be able to adjust. Do I think the offensive coordinator will be able to adjust? No, but if he can figure it out and get the mental processes going, which the mental side of Lamar Jackson is a very, very intriguing topic. If you've ever heard him do an interview or tweet or do anything on Instagram, it is a spectacle to watch his mind at work. Let me
0: tell you. Hey, man. But, right. but I, I, the, the guy, when he got drafted, he said, I want to, win this, I want to bring a Super Bowl to Baltimore. Like, I respect and everything I it, that he's but... done and, and just the type of person that he is um, on and off the field. The one thing I'm going to say is this. Teams are, are using a, a unique trend with him if they have the, the defensive backs. So in this game, Jeremiah owusu basically spied him. And then they have Denzel Ward, Greg Newsome, Ronnie Harrison, John Johnson, all healthy. Also had Grant Delpit and Troy Hill. All those guys are healthy. So they have the DBs where they can get the pressure on the quarterback, such as Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney. You have the guy spying him, and then you have the DBs to do it. How do you take that away? You have a running game. Where's the Ravens running game outside of Lamar? You have Devontae Freeman and Latavius Murray. Like, come on. If, If and when, you know, next year, they get J.K. Dobbins back, and uh, Gus Edwards back and their, and justice Hill back. I think that this offense I mean, is going to come. Yeah. Ronnie Stanley. I think this offense completely opens up and I think Lamar's going to be fine. This is just a year where he's got nothing and he has to do it all. And sometimes he can't do it all. And that's what we're seeing right now. Unfortunately, his teams are using that guy to spy and relying on their DBs to make plays and it's working right now.
2: And you see, you see the absolute, Reverse of like him like running around and then throwing a pick, but then he runs around, runs twenty yards back from the line of scrimmage, and throws to a wide open Mark Andrews in the center of the end zone, and it's just like, like you can wow. see how talented. Yeah, he is. that like, was a wow play. We like, exactly. I, like, like I, I just I was sitting there watching the, I was just like, I, I, I saw just the re- my hands up. I mean, what am I supposed? What am I, I supposed in, to
1: do? What is Miles Garrett Detroit, supposed to do? I was in Detroit Airport when that game was happening, so I didn't get oh. to watch it, but I watched the I watched the Sports Center SVP, and I was like what how did
2: he do that
0: and, that, like and that's still, what you get with lamar you know you get those flashes of absolute greatness
2: and then you, for like, sure just like for sure some throws it's just like okay what was that but, but like, if,
0: he, I, if he has a running game like not himself like running backs He's gonna absolutely stay in an upper echelon and he's gonna be in the MVP talk every single year as long as he stays healthy, which he's proved it to be every single game of his career so far. He's what? you know, they're 13 and two in December since 2018. Thirteen and two with him.
1: There's gonna the come thing- a
2: time. There's gonna come a time when Lamar is not as an effective runner. And I mean, that's we're we're talking three, four, five years down the road. I mean, he's like Vic was able to do it. Even into his Philly years running the football,
0: that first year in Philly, that's because Michael Vick is a
2: huge human being. Lamar Jackson is a very fast human being. Not when he's three years
1: from now, four years from now, five years from now. I mean,
2: he's what 20, he'll be what 28, 29. Tyreek Hill is like 27.
1: Fair. I don't know. I, it's just like, I mean, obviously, it's, like it's I'm, uh, coming about. from the I, mindset of a Lamar hater for the longest time. Yeah, I was about like, to
2: say, are you are we tapping back into the alter ego? No,
1: here? no, 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 no. I'm just saying, like this sporadic sort of play, like I get it, like it's working, but I don't think that kind of play can win a Super Bowl. I do not think so.
0: Michael Vick is six foot two sixteen. Lamar Jackson is six two, 212
2: which is really weird wow. because like Mike Vick felt like he had like,
0: he's you know, a little bit know, more, more stocky but he's a little bit more stockier. Yeah. Lamar's got two inches on him and stretches that weight out a little bit more. That shocks me. That is unbelievable. Wow. Also, he's only 24.
2: I've also never seen Lamar take a good like hit like ever because he, he, he literally, can. you can't he, tackle him. You're, yeah, ne- you're exactly. never going to be able to take the time plant push and hit him because he's gone.
1: All right, game picks for this one. Let's dive into it. The spread is Baltimore minus four and a half. Uh, the money lines: Baltimore minus two twenty, Pittsburgh plus one eighty. And I will take oh, God. the Ravens on the Steelers on the money line. I'm sorry, Jaden. Jaden, what you got? <laughs>
2: um, this is really tough. Because outside of the last two weeks, I mean, even counting the Chargers game, he played everybody relatively close all year and we're at home. But TJ Watt is on the COVID list because why wouldn't he be like, what, what, why should he be there for like our most important game of the season so far? Uh, um, yeah, I'm probably gonna have to take the Ravens on both. Najee Harris I don't I don't know if he's gonna be able to get going this game and I think that they're gonna have some nice stuff for Deontay and Claypool although I did love the fact that like I'd say what five of Claypool's eight targets on Sunday were like him on the right sideline on a go route and it's just throw it up and let him catch it over whatever corner is guarding him I love that and that's By the why way, do think- we
1: want to address the fact that uh Goofy-ass Claypool asked for there to be music at practice. Listen, man, and that, that was not... the problem with the Steelers right now.
2: Hey, man, look, all right, there's some things that are going on. I think we should get together and do team TikToks after every practice. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should do, like, I I can't even say it, but. None uh, of our players to, have been, in,
1: none of our players have you don't ever know been. That. Well,
2: you don't know that. You don't know that. You don't know that. You think you have any Penn State players? Probably.
0: You think we are on a a tangent right now?
2: (laughs) Yeah, we're one fifty.
1: Tyler, what you guys you pick?
0: Um, I'm going with Steelers on both. What is wrong with you? The upset, man. I, I think that once again, this is a must win for Pittsburgh. I think that the crowd at Heinz Field is going to get into it. Um, and I think that this is going to be a game that's going to come down the wire. I think we're going to have an old fashioned Steelers Ravens defensive juke it out type of game. And I think the Steelers are going to end up coming out on top when it's all said and done. I don't know why. Please don't tell I me just, you're
2: putting money on this. I will, no, please, please. Okay, <laughs> I just, I
0: just, I have a feeling that the Steelers are, are going to come out victorious. All right. Well,
1: let's dive into the final headliner game that we have. And that is going to be a hell of a fucking matchup, dude. It is Patriots who are sitting at eight and four at the Bills, who are sitting at seven and four on Monday night football. And let's dive into it. This is the AFC East matchup for the ages. You got the Patriots right now. Tyler, hats off. Let's just let's just take a second and Gave Tyler his creds. I remember him saying so early on that the Patriots were the real deal, and I just hats off, my friend. Good shit. But the H- Patriots are not playing around right now. They're eight and four, first in the AFC East. They have six straight wins, which is longest streak in the NFL so far this year. And interestingly, I did this. I put this stat together myself using my little calculator. But they have won the last six games by an average of 24.6 points that is blowing teams out every game that is ridiculous but I want to ask you guys you think Bill Belichick is the clear leader for coach of the year right now Jaden
2: uh yeah I mean Cliff Cliff Kingsbury as much as I hate his guts strictly from a fantasy standpoint I think he definitely has a conversation there because he has won two of his last three with colt mccoy this was a roster that not a lot of people thought was going to be able to do this and then mike Rake i would was, totally
1: disagree with you no
2: one thought that, the, that, the that the cardinals did people were people calling the cardinals being nine and two through 11 weeks cardinals know, were like, lock
1: it in playoff team before the season
2: started yeah lock it in playoff team they weren't a lock it in best team in the, the nfc the patriots
1: were lock it in
2: bottom 20 I, no chance I, I, all I said was that Cliff Kingsbury has a conversation. I didn't say that Bill Belichick needs to jump off a cliff. I'll, I mean, Cliff. <laughs> um, but Mike Rabel has completely fallen out of the conversation because they stink. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's got to be Bill right now. The only person with a conversation that I can think of is Cliff.
1: Dollar Bill. Dollar Dollar Bill. That's what uh, Cam called him last year. Dollar he's, dollar
0: a, he's a favorite right now for um... – to, to win coach of the year i think brady's the favorite for uh uh mvp and i think mac go. jones is the favorite for rookie of the year um the other thing i know you said 24.6 points per game their defense has given up 13 24 to the chargers 6 7 0 13 and i know i make my case for mac jones in the mvp discussion Um, but the defense has been absolutely incredible for the Patriots. They are on absolute fire, and they're they're doing what Georgia does in college, but to NFL teams, to grown men, it's absolutely ridiculous to watch. And Matthew Judon with the red
1: sleeves, that dude is bald. (laughs) And J.C. Jackson, former Terp. Yeah, that whole defense, man. And the addition of Jalen Mills in the offseason is looking brilliant now. Like, didn't you – Jaden, you were just pointing at yourself. Didn't you say that was one of those? I was,
2: I was, I was, I was like, dude, I didn't, I didn't like a lot of what they did. I didn't like the receivers that they brought in. Kendrick Bourne has proven to be a very good signing. Uh, I didn't like the two tight ends thing that huge locker room guy, too. That's a big thing. I was like, Jalen Mills is like, you can, he's a Swiss army knife. You can use him in a lot of places. And I think he's going to help that defense a lot. And I mean, it's much more Matthew Judon, Christian Barmore, Bill Belichick. But Jalen Mills has definitely been a nice piece there.
1: Van Noy definitely just showing out this year. But good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, let's dive into the Bills, who are 7-4, and four, sitting at second in the AFC East. And they've been struggling. Lately, they're three and three in their last six games, but they did look to get back into their groove versus the Saints on Thanksgiving. Josh Allen went 23, uh, 20, 23, 23 for 28, which is awfully efficient and four touchdowns. And Stefan Diggs coming into his form now. He had seven catches, 74 yards and a touchdown in that one. Um, But I want to ask you guys, I, I feel like that's always the way I introduce my question. But, you know, how else are you going to say it? But would a win mean more for the Patriots or the Bills in this one? So the teams play each other again in week 15, uh, but the Bills, a win for them gives them the division lead and their upcoming schedule looks pretty easy outside of the Bucks, which they play in week 14, but then they play the Panthers. They play at the Patriots again, uh, Falcons and Jets. So that's pretty easy schedule. But the Patriots' upcoming schedule is also pretty easy. They played at the Colts, the Bills, the Jags, and the Dolphins. So, guys, would a win mean more for the Bills or the Patriots? Jaden?
2: I'm going to go Bills here. I know that they just won uh, pretty big against New Orleans, but I feel like this is a win that gets their season on track. It proves, you know, we are – I mean, I know they haven't been the big dog in this division for very long, but this is like, we are still the best team in this division, you know, and we're, we're done with this whole Patriots thing. We've seen, we've seen about 20 years of it and it's over now. We have Josh Allen. You don't uh, this means a lot for the bills. I think, I don't think there's a single win that means anything for the Patriots outside of like the bucks game. Like they just, they don't care. If you're in front of them, they're going to beat you. And you know, it, does, it doesn't matter. I don't care who you are. And they're just going to keep doing that. But, like, the the Bills have emotion and stuff like that. Like, they smile and other such things. But I think, I think it means a lot more for the Bills.
0: Fair. Tyler? I 100% agree. I think this game is very, very crucial for the Bills because, like Jaden said, The Patriots have had this division for the last two decades uh, with with Brady and Belichick, and now they finally get Brady out of the division thinking, "Okay, now it's our time to control this division with our up and coming quarterback for the next foreseeable future. And now you've got the Patriots right back there again, and they're looking up to the Patriots by half a game. So this game is absolutely crucial for the Bills because this is a team that made the AFC championship. This is a team that had Super Bowl aspirations again this year. They were the favorite to win the division, pretty much even odds favorite to win this division. Everything looked good, and then they've hit this win-one-lose-one type of format here lately where they have one good week, then they have one bad week. You saw it with the Colts, bad week, then good week against the Saints. Is this a bad week, or are we going to start to get on a trend here now that December hits where we're going to start playing playoff football? They've got the talent to do it. I think the big loss for them this game is Trey White being out. Uh, I think that's very, very crucial for them. And the Patriots don't have the most electric wide receiver core. But like Jaden said, Kendrick Bourne's been playing pretty damn well. And Jacobi Myers is there, Aguilar is there, Hunter Henry, John smith They've got guys that absolutely can give the Bills fits. So um, this is, in my opinion, probably the biggest game for the Bills under the Josh Allen, Sean McDermott era.
2: Kendrick Bourne is wide receiver 20
1: in PPR. And when I said locker room guy earlier, I didn't mean Jalen Mills. I meant Kendrick Bourne. Like Kendrick Bourne, yeah, you can see him walking up and down the sidelines, hyping his teammates up the whole. Did you game. see him get Bill to do the to do the little stiff arm? I that was no, <laughs> that's awesome, dude. See, he's a locker room guy. Like that's that's the argument for bringing in guys like Adrian Peterson on your practice squad. But um, so if you guys do think this win means a lot more for the Bills than it will the Patriots. Let's say the Bills lose this one. And let's say the Bills lose the next matchup. If the Bills lose both of these upcoming matchups against the Patriots, are there AFC East title hopes dash for the years to come in the Josh Allen and Mac Jones era? I think uh, like I think there's for a the good years, chance
2: for the years to come. Maybe it's over. Tough. For the years to come is tough. I mean,
0: this Mac year, Jones yeah. Yeah, this
1: team is only going to get better. This Patriots team is only going to go up from here.
0: I'll say this. I I think that this is if, if if they lose both of these games, I think weirdly enough, this turns into one of the best rivalries in football for the next four or five years because of the quarterbacks and because of what is presumed to be the history of these teams. Um, I think it's a huge mental thing to get over if they lose both these games because last year was last year. I know that they beat cam and whatever else the Patriots had a quarterback. I don't even really count last year. So with Them losing both these games, if they presumably do so, yeah, it's a huge mental hurdle to get over for years to come because it's, once again, it's like every time you think about it, okay, well, Brady's gone, but Belichick's still there. And they've got this new guy on the block with Mac Jones. And it's like, when can we beat this team? Are we going to beat this team? And yeah, I, I think it's a huge mental hurdle. Um, I don't think that it's going to completely dash their hopes for years to come. I think they're they're still going to be right there with the Patriots, but it's 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 definitely going to loom large for years to come for sure. Yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, that's a great point on the mental thing. That's what I meant more by this question. Like, then you have in your mind, like, oh, geez, like here we go again. Can we beat these guys? The Patriots every single year again? Like, it's, I mean. I think there's a solid chance that the Bills might not catch another AFC title in the next 10 years, you know? So very possible, very possible. All right. Let's dive into our picks for this game. Buffalo is favored minus two and a half on the spread. The money lines, Buffalo minus 145, New England plus 125. And I will go with my pick first. I'm taking the Patriots, dude. I, they've given me no reason not to believe Right now, And the Bills, despite their really solid performance against the Saints on Thanksgiving, they have really struggled lately. And they can be really spotty at times. And unlike the Patriots, the Bills don't really have a run game. And we talked a lot about the run game earlier. So, yeah. And Ramondre Stevenson really looking awesome now. So, just want to throw that out there. Jaden, what you got?
2: Yeah, I think I'm going to go Patriots on both. The Bills were actually one of my overrated team. Like they were, they were in that discussion for me just because now without Tredavious White, I talked about it on the last episode, that cornerback room is ridiculously thin. Like it's like Tredavious White. I mean, like practice, not practice squad guys, but you really can't lose Tredavious White. If there's a position that you want to lose somebody at other than quarterback, it's, I mean, corners. But this
1: defense one. was not Trey White was not the only reason that this defense is one of the best in
2: the national. Yeah. Football but League when right Trey White is gone, when you don't have a legit superstar corner next to these guys that are like replacement level starters, if that, like when they're, go- are when you just talking gone- about the cornerbacks? Yeah. I'm just like, just the cornerback room. When when he's gone from that cornerback room and you've got replacement level starters playing at corner, it's, it's going to be tough. Like this defense takes a huge hit. Uh, so, you know, they might've been a little overrated. It's kind of hard to call them overrated after losing that or losing somebody like that. But with that being said, I'm going to go new England on both. I think Bill Belichick is going to give Josh Allen fits almost all game and they can't run the ball. So give me the Patriots.
0: Good stuff. Tyler. Yeah. um, We've talked about how we think that this game is more important for the bills. And um, I'm going to go with the bills on both. Uh, I know that I've been so high on the Patriots and rightfully so i mean they've been killing it but i just feel like this is a game i feel like these two teams are going to split these two games so i think i'm going to take the bills at home and i'll take the patriots at home in in a couple weeks but um i feel like this is kind of like i said the biggest game in the sean mcdermott and in josh allen era so far and Uh, If they don't win this game, being that it's at home, there's going to be so many conversations about where this team's headed. So I'm going to take the Bills in a must-win game at home, uh, even though, you know, you guys know my love for the Patriots right now.
1: Good stuff. Backs up. I don't know. I've made a lot of those backs up against the wall picks so far this year, and they've nailed me every single time. So that's just... I, I don't think I, I refuse to believe that team yeah, play but, well with their backs up against the ball. But
0: but when that calendar flips to December, it's a whole totally different Very mindset. True. Like everybody's in it right now. I saw a stat that there's uh, I think eleven of the teams in the AFC outside the Ravens have at least four plus losses, but are above five hundred. The most just,
1: teams in NFL history above five wins at the or five wins or more at this point in the season.
0: Yep, it's it's a total crapshoot right now in the AFC. But and that's why I can't put much into what's happened previously this season uh, as as crazy as it's been, because now is when push comes to shove. And now we'll see what teams are really made of. Very true. Very true. All
1: right. Let's dive into the last games that we have. And we'll quickly run through these because they are not headliner games. Uh, First game, Washington football team sitting at five and six at the Las Vegas Raiders, who are sitting at six and five. Vegas is favored minus one. Give me the football team on the spread the money line. Jaden,
2: we're the Raiders on both, cause fuck them.
0: I'm All gonna right. take the Raider, Raiders on both as well. Yeah, you guys are haters, man. I love it.
2: I'm feeding I'm off a lot today. I don't know I'm where feeding that
0: came off.
1: from. I can't wait to call Taylor after this and let him know that there's so much hate being thrown his way. Anyway, uh, next game that we got on the slate is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are sitting at eight and three, at the Atlanta Falcons, who are sitting at five and six. Tampa Bay is favored, minus 11. And I will take Atlanta on the spread, Tampa Bay on the money line.
2: Jayden, uh Give me Tampa Bay on both, just because I'm pretty sure the last time they played each other, Tampa Bay obliterated them. And yeah, I, I don't trust this Falcons team right now. It's really shaky.
1: I don't really trust this Bucs team right now the whole time. Like, they've really been sort of spotty lately. But Tyler, what you got?
0: Um, I got Tampa on the money line, but I got the Falcons on the, on the spread. Um, I think that they can keep it within 10 points. Uh, I I think that that 11 is about perfect. I think that's exactly where this team is going to, where this game is going to end up being, but um, yeah, I'll go with the Falcons just because, like I said, that calendar flips to December. This is a must win game for the Falcons to keep any slim playoff hope alive. Um, So I'm going to at least give them the spread, but I think the bucks end up winning the game
1: at Atlanta too. Ah, uh, next game we got on the slate is the nine and two Arizona Cardinals at the four and seven Chicago Bears. Arizona's favored minus seven and a half. Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are expected to be back this week. Um, I'm gonna take Chicago on the spread, Arizona on the money line. I like what Chicago's doing recently. Uh, Justin Fields really starting to look like he's coming into his own, and Darnell Mooney is a special player. So yeah, give me Chicago on the spread, Arizona on the money line, Jade.
2: Uh I think I'm going to go Arizona on both. I think that Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins haven't played in a long time. They're going to want to get out there, start enjoying all this fun that they, the Cardinals have been having without them.
0: Fair. Tyler. Um, I'm going to go with the Bears on both. Yep, I'm taking the Bears to win this game because I think that, yes, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins come back, but I think that they're going to have – uh not the best chemistry that they had previously before it's going to take a couple games to build that back up and and get knock some of the rust off that they've been out for the past couple weeks even though they are getting healthy um i just i don't know why i just the nfl has been crazy and i feel like this is one of those games on the road cardinals are playing a uh, let's see a 10 a.m local time game um so i i i like the bears in this game
1: yeah i mean i can't argue with that i think that's a solid pick uh, next game we got on the slate is the Minnesota Vikings. Tyler's very own sitting at five and six at the Detroit lions who are sitting at 0 10 and one Minnesota's favored minus seven. Give me them on the spread and the money line. Jaden.
2: It'd be funny if you guys tied them. That would be, that would be hilarious. We did a couple um, years ago. Hey,
0: Jaden did um, it just the
2: other week. <laughs> yep. Mason. Anyway, uh, I want to take the Lions, but I hate them
0: now because they made my team look like a joke. So give me the Vikings on both. Tyler. Yeah, I mean, I don't like it, but I'm going to take the Vikings on both. I think this is a, a bounce back opportunity. Also, the Browns have played back to back games pretty close between the Browns and um, Thanksgiving against the Bears. So I think that they're due for one of those letdown games. Um, so that's why I think that the Vikings uh, will, will cover this spread. Good
1: stuff. Next game, we got the New York Giants sitting at four and seven at the Miami Dolphins, who are sitting at five and seven. Miami is favored minus four. And Miami's hot right now, dude. You guys love to throw that hate on Tua, but Tua's been playing like one of the better quarterbacks in past four games. So oh, I I love the shaking heads, dude. I, I love it. Come on. The the guy wins, man. The guy is winning. The my the dolphins been, were a 10-win team last
2: year. Without him, they did without him. See, you he say was there this half
1: the time.
2: Tua, Tua played
1: more games than Fitz last year. You it said was like, there was a time yo, know, where you were like played Fitz more, played most of the games last year. Yeah, that was who's just finished, fucking wrong. Who, fit,
2: who finished most of the games? That's my question. Because whenever Tua was fucking up, they put Fitzpatrick in. Because Tua isn't the guy. He's not.
1: Healthy debate, real quick there. Um, anyway, I will take the dolphins on the spread and the money line because Tua is the real deal. Jaden.
2: You don't have the damn game in front of me. I'm so fired up. Who are the dolphins playing? The Giants. Damn it. (laughs) Fuck it. Give me the Giants. I don't care. Mike Glennon Glennon. greater than Tua.
0: (laughs) With Mike Glennon. All right. Tyler. Uh I'll take the Dolphins on the money line because they are hot right now, but I'll take the Giants with a field goal. All right.
1: Next game we got is the Philadelphia Eagles sitting at 5-7 and at the New York Jets, who are sitting at 3-8. and Philadelphia's favorite, minus 7. And, dude, with the way that Philadelphia played last (laughs) week, give me the Jets on the spread and the money line. Jaden? I don't know why I want to love this Jets team. I really do want to like them, but – they keep letting me down, but I'm going to let them let me down again.
2: Yeah. Imagine how Jets fans feel. Like, that's – uh, yeah, give me the Eagles. I think that they aren't going to have a game plan for Jalen Hurts, much like the Giants did have a game plan for Jalen Hurts. So, yeah, give me the Eagles.
0: Tyler. I'm not letting that Texans win last week fool me. Um, I'm going to go with the Eagles in this game on the money line and the spread. I think they take care of business and start talking up those playoff hopes again in Philadelphia. Good stuff. Next game we
1: got is the Indianapolis Colts sitting at six and six at the Houston Texans who are sitting at two and nine Indianapolis favored minus 10 and Indianapolis had a really strong argument to be my underrated team, but I wanted a chance to support my Washington football team publicly, but yeah, give me the Indianapolis on the spread in the money line by a million. I love this team.
2: Jaden. Yeah. Give me the Colts. I think there's a higher chance that Jonathan Taylor runs for 200 yards than Carson Wentz passes for 200 yards.
0: Tyler, I'll take the Colts on the money line oh, no. and the spread. It's a lot, but I'll take them on the spread, too, just because I think that they're out to kind of prove that they are a, a really good team. And they they're right there toe to toe with the Bucks last week. They beat the crap out of the Bills the week before. So um, I'm going to go with Colts on money line and spread. Good stuff.
1: Next game we got is the Jacksonville Jaguars sitting at two and nine at the Los Angeles Rams we are sitting at seven and four. The spread for this game Rams minus 13. And as much as I don't want to give me the Rams on the spread in the
0: money line, Jaden.
2: Yeah. Give me the Rams on the spread in the money line. I don't feel excellent about it, but you know.
0: Yeah. Tyler? I'm in, I'm in the same boat. It's a classic bounce back spot. Rams have lost three straight. They get the Jags at home. I think this is an opportunity for them to win this game by three touchdowns. So um, I'm going to go with the Rams on the spread and the money line. Yeah. Also, also thing about the Bills. These are just (laughs) these are just terrible games. I mean, a (laughs) ten point spread, a thirteen point spread, a seven and a half, an eleven point spread. I mean, there are a lot of nine and a half for the Sunday night game. There are a lot of big spreads this week.
1: There are, there are. It gets a little smaller in this next game which is the San Francisco 49ers sitting at six and five at the Seattle Seahawks we're sitting at three and eight. The spread is San Francisco minus three and yeah, give me the Niners on the spread, the money line by a lot because Seattle, I'm surprised that spread is that low. Jaden.
2: Yeah. I was thinking about taking Seattle because I now own DK Metcalf and I would really like that to happen, but It is supposed to rain and the 49ers run the ball much better than the Seahawks do. So give me the Niners.
0: Tyler. Yeah, I I wanted to take the Seahawks just because it seems like a prime opportunity for the Seahawks to win. They've been losing and the 49ers have been winning. Um, But I just, I agree with you. I think those 49ers, how they can control the clock is going to be the differentiator in this game. Um, So I'm going to go with the 49ers on the spread and the money line.
1: Elijah Mitchell went from being a six round draft pick to drawing comparisons that I've seen this week to Adrian Peterson six round running backs. Oh yeah. Uh, the last game that we have on the slate, which was going to be a headliner game, but we did a little bit of an audible, uh, is the Denver Broncos who are sitting at six and five at the Kansas city chiefs who are sitting at seven and four on Sunday night football, uh, the spread for this game, Kansas city minus nine and a half. And give me Denver on the spread, but Kansas City on the money line, unfortunately. I really don't want to no, go
2: ahead. Say 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 the Broncos on the money line. Go ahead.
1: The Chiefs That's only have three some Chiefs hater. The Chiefs only have three wins against top 15 defenses this year. So
2: this Broncos defense re- is really good too. Take the Broncos.
1: Yeah. You know what? Fuck it. I'm taking Broncos on yeah. the spread of the money line. There we go. Jaden.
2: Yeah, give me the Chiefs on both because Patrick Mahomes versus Teddy Bridgewater. Are you kidding me?
1: Could be Drew Locke. Do you think a change to Drew Locke is imminent? (laughs) I don't know.
2: I think Patrick Mahomes versus Drew Locke is even better. Give me the Chiefs.
0: (laughs) Tyler? Um, Yeah, I'm going to go Chiefs on Moneyline and the spread. Um, I know that it was – we were talking, and I did think it was a lot of points, but after mulling it over, turn that calendar to December, and I'll take Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think that this is going to be a game that they just – show that they are still the Kings of the AFC West and possibly the AFC as a whole. Um, I'm going to be in attendance at this game and I can't wait. It's going to be a great game, um, but I think the chiefs are going to really and truly put up light up the scoreboard in this game. I think that this is going to be, you know, coming off a of bye week, Andy Reid is 19 and three. So his team's come out ready to roll after the bye. So I think that this is going to be a classic game where the, the chiefs just dominate.
2: Yeah. Like does, I said, anyone, does anyone remember the last time the chiefs played a divisional opponent on Sunday night football? was, what, two, three weeks ago? Against the Raiders. the shit out of the Raiders. Fair.
1: Only three wins against top 15 defenses, and the Broncos are only allowing 17.8 points per game, which is third in the league. They have won three of their last four, and those wins come against the Washington football team who is in playoff position, Cowboys who are in playoff position, and Chargers who are in playoff position. So there's definitely an argument to be made, and I'll play the devil's advocate. Broncos on the spread of the money line. All right, guys. Well, that does us for the Thursday edition, Thursday slash two in the morning on Friday edition of the Blitz podcast. As always, which I shouldn't be saying anymore, but we have this jersey giveaway going on on Instagram, man. All you have to do, all you have to do is like tell like three of your buddies, bro. Don't you all have families? Don't
2: you need to buy Christmas gifts? Use your head. That's what I'm saying.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like. Just reach out to a couple of your friends. Be like, hey, yo, follow the BlitzPod. Really solid content. We're 32 away.
0: 32 32 followers away. If everybody tells one person, there we go.
1: Yep. Just like the post, and you will be automatically put into a drawing for a free jersey. So with that, you got Tyler, Kane, and Jaden signing off. Good luck with everybody's fantasy matchups this week. Good luck with your team's matchups. And we will see you on Tuesday. Catch you later.